This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. Over the shoulder catch by Kirk in the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jurecki, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. The goal of every team is to make the playoffs. Cardinals have checked that box. Now they just need to be playing like a playoff team. Three straight losses, a 3-5 and five record after a 7-0 and oh start. More questions about this team than perhaps at any other time this season. And that is not good, especially as we close out the month of December. And no longer do we talk about December football. Now all of a sudden it's about January football with the 18-game regular season schedule. But you look at what happened on Christmas night. Cardinals lose to the Indianapolis Colts 22-16. to Everyone is up in arms. Drew Stanton, you as a former player, we bring you in because, well, you're kind of the calm and soothing voice here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report because you don't panic even in good times or bad times. So where are we right now after 16 weeks of the regular season, which is two games to go before the postseason begins? That's a very kind lead-in. I like that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I think this game is emotional, right? And you play with your emotions on Sunday. And there's a lot of question marks with this team, but those answers only come on game day. So what are they doing from now until game day to get ready? And that's the biggest thing you want to see. I think the emotions are involved. They have to be involved. And I loved the the way the defense played. You could see them passionate, flying around, doing all the things that we were accustomed to, um, not letting Jonathan Taylor even get started behind the line of scrimmage. I talked about it last week. Besides that first run where they had some leakage and he got out and and he looked you know as good as he ever did that first run they bottle him up, but I think you go back and you remove the emotions post game after the twenty four hour rule quote unquote like that's why that is in place because then it becomes just the hey did you do your assignment and alignment on this job you're identifying why it is and if you look at the last three losses um, and really. You talk about it from a player's perspective, you're going to lose a game. It's just inevitable in this league. You might lose back-to-back games. You never want to lose three in a row because that puts you behind the eight ball, and that's when the questions really started rising. They've lost three different ways. If you look at turnovers against the Rams, if you look at just a, a complacent team that was unprepared to play, thought they could just show up and just beat a team that was inferior, you, that was a lesson to be learned. Last week, they played a really good football team that was forcing turnovers. They didn't give them anything. They just lost a close football game and didn't make enough plays. Why didn't they make those plays? Everybody kind of took their turn, in my opinion. They were looking around, waiting for somebody else to make a play. And, and when you're doing that, that kind of lets you know the, the demeanor of the team isn't being as aggressive as you need to be. And that's where the leadership component steps up and says, hey, guys, I'm going to make a play here. You're going to make a play. You know, the the onset of the game at the very beginning when Christian Kirk drops that ball, that Kyler makes an unbelievable throw, that's unsettling. All, all of a sudden you start moving around, you jump off sides, you do these little things, and it's not necessarily showing up in the stat column, right? It's not a yards per carry or, or any of these things. It's just a little bit out of sync here or there. Kyler's feet are off on a throw and he leaves it short. 
you know, all of these little things and they add up. And because the margin of error gets smaller and smaller as we move into January football, that's why they can put their finger on and say, we just need to make sure that we're doing every little thing possible as we get ready and and make a playoff push. Yeah, I agree uh, with the rush defense. I mean, they had 10 tackle for losses, but the pass defense, um, I mean, they made Carson Wentz look like a pro bowler. And give him credit, he stood in the pocket. He made a lot of good throws. I thought for three quarters they had pressure. It was I was anticipating possibly getting a turnover there and then what he did in the fourth quarter. But he was 18 for 28, 225, two touchdowns. Um, and it's just it, four plays over 20 more yards. And, and the strength of this team was a secondary. Now, I was telling Craig watching the game with my binoculars, there were times that Carson would go to the line and he would see single coverage with Pittman on Marco Wilson. He would check out of that play. And we talked about stacking the line and you're going to have to rely on your outside guys. Now, they didn't have Robert Alford, who's more of a physical guy. Uh, Byron Murphy's kind of tailed off a little bit. We know the safeties haven't played as well as before. Um, but again, it's 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 the front seven getting pressure, and then the back end trying to cover. And, and again, this is past defense over the last three weeks. They have been attacked. Uh, look at Matthew Stafford, 23 of 30, 287, three touchdowns. Jarek Goff, 21 of 26, only 216, three touchdowns. So I don't know what's happening with the secondary because that was a strength going into the season. And Marco Wilson's on the shelf right now. Uh, Robert Alford can't come back for another week. Um, so it's going to be interesting, and then you got to face the Cowboys, which we'll get into the last segment. But I couldn't agree more about Jonathan Taylor. After that first run, all this MVP talk, he's going to run for 200 yards now. And, and again, 20 of 27 carries were less than three yards. And, and Gree pointed out to me two four-yard carries plus a seven-yard and eight-yard run averaged 2.5 yards a carry after that 43-yard run. So rush defense was great, which has been an issue. The pass defense is now an issue. And the offense overall, not scoring enough points. 16 points on Saturday the week prior. 12 points, you got to be able to score more than that. Defense was solid, not outstanding, but did well enough to win on Saturday. just didn't happen. Everyone wants to know why now during this three-game losing streak. What has happened from the first part of the season to now? Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. We continue to find ways to lose games instead of instead of win them, and, and we got to get that flipped. Early on in the season, we were doing a great job of uh, not committing kind of those crucial penalties and, and mistakes that hurt us, and, and we continue to do that in, in this three-game losing streak. Penalties are the big thing that stand out to me 11 of them a season high 11 for 85 yards not always the number though it's what kind when do they happen pre-snap penalties five of the 11 drew were before the snap three false starts and then two on the defense neutral zone or offsides that can't happen especially at home yeah, I mean, that, that's a discipline issue at that point. That's a focus issue at that point where you've got to be able to dial in, especially in the red zone offensive line. You can't be moving backwards, right? Like with the way the feel of the game is going with the missed extra point and then the missed field goal, all of those things, all of those yards are so important. And what the offense was doing so well at the first portion of the year was they were converting those into touchdowns. There, there was no settling for field goals. They, they were in attack mode. They were running the ball. They were doing all of these things that you needed to do to put six points up on the 
the board and not settling for field goals or not settling for missed field goals. And when you start to feel that, you start to press a little bit more. And this is a long season. As we talked about, you got out to a fast start. You were the leader of the pack. You were doing great things, and everything was clicking. Keeping that is just as hard as getting it going again. And we're seeing that right now with this offense. It's not to say that that can't be done, but you have to get more creative because what you're dealing with, with the injuries, with COVID, with all of these unknowns, and they've done a great job of dealing with different variables throughout the course of the year. But right now they can't quite put their finger on why they're so out of sync. And now's not the time to press. Now's not the time to do more or anything else. But the habits that you've set up throughout the course of this year, the preparation that you've put in that got you to feeling good to where that is, maybe you need to take an honest assessment and say, hey, Am I doing all of those same things now? Am I showing up? Am I getting in the cold tub? Nobody's healthy right now. Nobody's body feels good. You know, that's just not the way it is. We don't play a sport that anybody's feeling good at this point. So you've got to be able to overcome some of these things. And really, it's about pulling everybody along with you, right? Whether it's Kyler doing it with the, the young wide receivers or instilling confidence, whether it's getting Rodney Hudson back. I think that's going to be a huge thing. And we talk about it at nauseum about having a Pro Bowl center. Yes, he is a centerpiece that's, that's much needed. James Connor not having him out there, I think that affects this offense because he has that mentality of, hey, I'm going to get in a dogfight. I'll go into an alley with anybody, and I'm going to come out victorious. You can't teach that. You, you, It's an infectious personality that just it, it permeates throughout the entire offense. So getting those two guys back, I, I think you'll see that switch you know, flipped a little bit because Chase is a tremendous running back. I, I would still love to see them on the field together because how do you defend that? Who, who do you put out there? And those are the mismatches that you really have to hone in on because you don't have a very simple mismatch of, hey, put DeAndre out there one-on-one, we get it, take it. No, we don't have that anymore. So how, how can create advantages and how can we be innovative with the hand that we've been dealt? And that's really what they're probably trying to do and all the work that goes into the first portion of this week. When this team was winning games, you know, they won a few games when they only had like 27 uh, carries. But this team has eight wins when they run the ball 30 or more times, right? And, and again, a lot of those games came down to the fourth quarter. Cardinals had a lead so they can run the clock out and perfect back is James Conner. In the last three games, Cardinals have thrown the ball 49 times against the Rams, 50 against the Lions, some of that was Colt McCoy in mop-up duty, and then 43 last week. Over those three games, they ran the ball 22, 21, and 21. They are throwing the ball in these last three games 75%, and they're not getting touchdowns from their wide receivers. Now, Connor obviously takes a lot of those short yardage. Zach Hurts has a couple touchdowns in there, uh, Christian Kirk, and just based on Kyler's completion percentage over the last couple of games, and I know every team has injuries, just having DeAndre Hopkins on the field, just having the presence of him like we're hoping J.J. Watt can do, it makes a difference. Yeah, well, I think you look at that and you say those numbers versus the three starting quarterbacks of the opposing team that won and 28 passes, 26. That's the happy medium, right? I mean, we're talking about 25 to 35 passes where you're mixing those two in. And then the other key component is explosive plays. You talk about explosive plays that we haven't necessarily gotten versus the other teams of Matthew Stafford throwing the ball deep. We saw a little bit of, of um, Carson being able to do that and create the things that we didn't see from him in the past, but he's still a, a top first overall pick, second overall pick for a reason, right? He's, he's shown these capabilities. Um, and, and Jared Goff's the same way. They're getting chunk plays and being efficient of the balance where we've been completely unbalanced. Well, Craig had a great stat about halfway maybe even three or four weeks ago, 48% rushing 
52% passing. It's flipped right now. They're getting away from what got them here to 10 wins. Run the ball, opens up play action. Easier said than done. It is, and it would help if this team doesn't shoot themselves in the foot. Like we heard from head coach Cliff Kingsbury, here's Kyler Murray on the critical mistakes this team is making right now. Good teams don't do that. You know, and we weren't doing that early on in the season, and now you see it's killing us uh, in crucial moments where not scoring touchdowns because of it or vice versa on the other side of the ball. You know, it's uh, as a collective group, offensively and defensively, like it's just, it's just mental mistakes that you just can't keep, uh, can't keep making. Post game Saturday on with Paul Calvisi and Ron Wolfley, Kingsbury kept bringing up the word a disconnect between what is happening during the week of practice and it not translating over onto the field on game day. Here's more from the head coach on just that and where the focus needs to be Tuesday through Saturday. Obviously, haven't played as well as we would have liked, and we just talked about being able to treat each practice rep like a game rep. You know, don't let things slide. Don't say, hey, coach, I would have got it right on Sunday. We're way too far into this deal to uh, to be falling back in any habits like that, and and so um, that that's what we got to do. It starts on, at, on the practice fields, and it's got to be able to carry over to game day. And we got a lot of work to do this week. You play how you practice, correct? Or is that or are we making too much of that? I mean, I'm reading in between the lines there, and there's a lot more to that than just saying, "Hey, it's it's how we prepare." Uh, it, it's preparation, right? It is preparation, and you've got to feel good going into a game, and you do practice how you play. But your practice habits should be established at this point. If what was Cliff was saying, and this is the first time I've heard this, in my mind, it's guys saying, oh, I made a mistake, and BA used to call it finger popping. You know, snap your fingers. Oh, man, you snap your fingers on the practice field, you line up and you do it again. You get it correct. That's the mentality you have to have. You can't accept mistakes. You can't accept people running the wrong route. You can't accept missing a hot or missing a block or doing any of those things because that's what carries over. Are you going to have to correct things? Yes, that's the X's and the O's. But the uh, attitude and the effort, those must be givens at this point. And it was taken for granted in Detroit. It cost them a victory because they looked complacent out there. So whether or not that transpires on the practice field and is okay with some of these guys and whether Rodney Hudson's not out there and now he's going to be back out there and he's grabbing guys by the face mask. I don't know him personally. I don't know the demeanor of this team, but the leaders of this team, if they allow little things to happen, those little things become big things. And that's what I think people don't necessarily understand, but we won't get a feel for that because we're not in that inner circle on top of, okay, who are the leaders? Are, are they doing all of these things? And, and again, I think that it's easy to dissect some of these things, and it's harder because there's underlying issues that we might not even know about um, from the standpoint as far as, you know, usually you can divide things into three things, right? There's an offense, and the offense should only care about themselves, and the defense is the defense, and they got to care about themselves. But ultimately, playing that complementary football, they have not done that completely, and you add special teams in the component, which we never talk about on this show. Unless until, something goes wrong. Unless it's a weakness, which it was last week. So all three of these things melted together in on a Sunday or Saturday as it was last week and that's what we're judging and basing everything off of of those 60 minutes but the the lead up time to that is really what they need to again have a, a 
a true identity of what they're going and the accountability that goes into that is, is really you know maybe in question at this point well and you know this is an excuse but when you play on a monday night and a saturday you don't have the same practice time and at this point in the year i mean he puts a, a lot of emphasis how the practice goes now it can you only go 80 percent a lot of these are walkthrough practices at this point in the year you're trying and i think he's trying to do the right thing to keep his team healthy for the stretch run here so again no excuses um, this team competes every day in practice. At least we see the open portion. There, there's energy, there's tempo, but now it needs to carry over to game day. Back-to-back short weeks as far as preparation. Correct. Going into the Lions game and going into the Colts game. We'll see if that changes here this week heading into the Dallas Cowboys contest. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go. Go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Tyler, 7-9, passing to start the game. Four and a half to play in the first quarter. Now he's going to pull it, tucks it, and runs it up the middle. Into Colts territory at the 45-40. He's free at the 30. Can he house it at the 10-5? Tackled by the ankles at the two-yard line. Kyler hits the nitrous and nearly takes that the length of the field. Kyler under center with Chase Edmonds behind him. Takes the give off the left side into the end zone, untouched. Cardinals counter with a touchdown, and they're an extra point away from tying this game. What a huge response by Big Red. Great job at the point of attack. Chase Edmonds walks it. A seven-play, 90-yard drive highlighted by Kyler's career-long 57-yard run, and then Chase Edmonds punches it in from two yards out, and yeah, a great response. But then the air let out of the balloon as the PAT was wide left. So instead of a tie ball game, Cardinals trailed 7-6 to six with three minutes to go in the first quarter. And they were playing catch up for the rest of the first half. Did take an early lead in the third quarter, but ultimately lost 22-16. to 16. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Rayalu, Drew Stanton, and Mike Jarecki, a 10-5 and team, but three straight losses, including that game against the Colts on Christmas night, and specifically looking at the offense. First game this season, Drew, I was looking it up during the break, that the Cardinals did not have their starting center, starting wide receiver, and the one-two punch minus James Conner. So three key pieces missing on Saturday night. And yes, the Colts were minus a lot of players. The Lions have been minus a lot of players. The Rams have been minus a lot of players. But for this offense to work, you need to have those pieces back. And the Cardinals are getting James Conner hopefully back this week. They are going to get Rodney Hudson back this week, but we know DeAndre Hopkins is gone at least until late January. But this offense certainly is different when you don't have number 10 on the football field. It's completely different. I mean, you take that piece of the puzzle out of there and it becomes a little bit different from the standpoint of how not only you're going to attack teams, but how teams are trying to play you, right? I mean, Kyler has really taken that step forward this year of saying, I'm not going to force the ball to him because – I'm going to wait for my one-on-one. So when they come, I know he's going to make the play. Uh, not having that security blanket is extremely difficult. But again, I think that you have to make a concerted effort 
as a quarterback to say, okay, that is going to require me to be even more dialed into this game plan. I'm going to know exactly where I'm going with my reads, my progressions, with getting out of runs and checking the passes and short intermediate passes and being patient, right? You, you have to be patient and you have to be really smart with the football. And he did that, I thought, for the most part in the first half. And then the second half, you go out and now you adapt the game plan to what you need to do to win that football game. The last 30 minutes is, okay, this is how they're defending us. They're playing more zone. They're going to man pressure us. They're going to zone pressure us. They're trying to drop it out. And the blueprint for what teams think they can do to stop Kyler, it's a moving target. And I think that's where you look at these quarterbacks that are franchise quarterbacks, established quarterbacks over the duration of a time period. It's not a one-year or two-year thing. They've been able to survive the test of time. And Kyler's kind of at this crossroad right now, right? People have kind of figured out, let's make him be patient. Let's not let's play more zone. Let's not give him these plays. How does he change? How does he change with Cliff in conjunction to those two working together and being on the same page? And I think that's where the disconnect seems like it exists a little bit right now. Okay, we need to stay ahead of the sticks. We need to stay ahead of the chains and being manageable down in distance. And again, that comes through running the football. That comes through setting up all these passes. And now is the time to throw caution to the wind as far as you don't need to protect Kyler. Kyler's got to go out and win some football games. And we saw him scrambling. We saw him using his legs more as of late. He should be pretty fresh. He had a couple games off. Um, he shouldn't be in too much pain to be able to go out there. He was rolling on that long run that set up a touchdown. These are all added dimensions that they really need to tap into more when you're missing a centerpiece of an entire offense like DeAndre Hopkins. Now, you know, Hopkins, eight touchdowns, and one was from the 20-yard line. According to Craig, that doesn't count in the red zones. But seven of his other touchdowns were in the red zone. And and he did have a drop going in uh, when he was on the field. The thing is, though, these other receivers, they got to get separation. I mean, if we want to look at it, over the last two games since Hop's been out, Urch has been targeted. Um, he has, he's got 29 targets, 14 catches for 128 yards. Kirk's been targeted 21 times, 16 catches, 142 yards, touchdown. A.J. Green has five catches, 97 yards. Wesley had a touchdown last week. It looks like, you know, those guys are getting the reps. Let me ask you, though, when it came to the uh, low snaps, and, and, you know, Max Garcia is playing out of position. He's learning this position, and you got to give him credit because, they, you know, he's the best next best option. Nothing against Sean Harlow. But when in that situation, Craig maybe thought he can catch it. Uh, to me, I thought it would be difficult. Uh, obviously, he did the best thing. Maybe you just kick it out of the end zone, take the safety. But his demeanor going to the sidelines – I mean, if I'm him, I'm going to Max Garcia and I put my arm around him saying, listen, I know you're playing out of position, but we believe in you. I just didn't like the body language going to the sideline. And Max Garcia probably felt the worst of anybody in the stadium. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that stuff? I mean, that's a case-by-case scenario. Uh, I think that that goes into playing this position, though. That's something – look, I, I was not the most talented. I knew that I was a backup. I had to make up for what I lacked in talent by being charismatic, by earning people's trust, by earning people's respect. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. There's You have to have people believe in you, and Kyler's always had people believe in him because he's been the best, most talented guy on the field. Playing this position at this level is much more difficult than just being the best guy on the field. And those are the little things, those little nuances that we don't see of the body language and I don't know what happened in that Green Bay game but when Kyler didn't call out AJ Green 
like he maybe could have or should have, I was like, okay, he's maturing. He's doing all of these things. But we keep talking about body language, and if it's readily evident to us, then it's even more apparent to everybody on that sidelines, and that becomes an issue. You talk about some of the stuff, and again, I don't like to single out certain people because I think it's really hard, but when you play a position of that nature, or if you're a cornerback, confidence is really important. But you see, like, Byron Murphy is just always kind of pointing fingers at somebody else. That becomes also one of these things that you, it's a slippery slope, because all of a sudden, well, you didn't do your job, you're pointing me out, and, and, and I hate to go down that road because that, tight-knit locker room that we saw in the beginning of the year when Chandler was going back and forth and, and you know, making fun of Kyler. All of that seems like it's in the rearview mirror, and it's so far behind us because nothing's fun about losing three in a row. And Kyler just expects certain things, and guys have played to that level. There's reserve-type guys like Max Garcia that's doing the best he can, and people exactly. don't understand. Playing center, it's hard enough to block everybody and some of these guys that are over your face that, that are hard enough on the interior, but to snap the ball and then get your hands and do all these, it's really hard. And that was one thing that I have always told young quarterbacks that come into this league. If there is a bad snap in practice, if there is a fumbled snap in practice, you raise your hand and you take that bullet. You put the responsibility and you put the onus on yourself and say, hey, it's bad. And I used to get cussed out, but the amount of stress it took off of that offensive lineman, like I can't tell you the number of guys that came over to me and be like, oh my gosh, thank God. Same thing with the drop pass in practice. Hey, my bad. B.A. used to turn around and be like, shut up. You didn't throw that ball bad. And I was like, no, it was my fault. And I remember Jim Dre came up to me one time and goes, I've never had a quarterback stick up for me like that. And he goes, you have no idea what that means to me. And I was like, man, the the ability to have that and to have because again as a quarterback you have to be confident and you have to be assured but you also have to have everybody else's back which again I, I don't I'm not saying that Kyler's not doing that but it's something that maybe he, you know the those are the little things that you can kind of tie up or or get better at well and and I, mean, I don't know if this is an excuse but he is still learning the position I mean clearly they've made strides in the third year we got a chance to see that in camp and I know you know people are gonna say well it's training camp but this you know the way they were playing he was 8-1 and one as a starting quarterback before he got hurt. And they were mm-hmm. putting up 30 points a game over 400 yards. My thing is, I, I think he, he's pressing and, and the MVP conversation is over. I just hope he's 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 running the offense they want him to run versus freelancing a little bit. Uh, and, and again, I don't know that, but it just seems like he's not the same quarterback that he was you know, a couple months ago or at least a month ago. Yeah, I mean, I think just by watching him play, right, his feet seem off. And I, I've talked about it here before. Like He's not hitting guys in stride. He's missing a little high, low. And part of that's standing in there and saying, okay, you have to have the mental fortitude to come, overcome some of those early pressures or hits or anything. That, that comes with playing this position. I mean, guys that have been around almost probably stood in there too much. Andrew Luck would stay in there and get a beating, and but you have to overcome some of those things to be able to make the throw when it counts. And Kyler's done a good job of that. You know, it's just a matter of doing it consistently and being able to set it up. But again, it's an imperfect science of how you overcome that and how you establish that relationship with Cliff because they've done a really good job of it. But again, it's adapting because people are always kind trying to find ways how to stop you. Well, and and quickly here, because I, Craig's here, and I want to make sure he, he gets it. <laughs> go, go ahead, Craig. Go ahead. No, I, I was, I'll, I'll talk about it on the other side. You look at 
Murray's overall numbers from Saturday, over 300 yards he accounted for, 27 of 43, one passing touchdown. We know about that 74 yards on the ground as far as rushing. He's running for me too many times as far as within this offense. He doesn't need to run this much uh, unless something is wrong, and I think that's what we're seeing in the last couple of weeks is something's wrong with this offense. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury and what he saw out of his starting quarterback on Saturday. You know, I thought he, he did some good things, battled, you know, had had some nice plays with his feet. But overall, offensively, we just have to be more consistent. I mean, we got to be able to score touchdowns in the red zone. We, we keep coming up short down there, and, and you can't continue to kick field goals in this league. And you brought that up earlier, Drew, and you look over the last three games, these three games, all losses, 5 of 10 inside the red zone and that 50 percent you know that's good in some areas but not when you're inside the 20 yard line yeah no i'm not a huge stats guy but that that's uh there's cause for concern there that and you you match that up with inopportune penalties at the wrong time as you talked about earlier in the show and it's hard to overcome good football teams at this point because good football teams are scoring in the red zone good teams are not shooting themselves in the field i mean if you look at the colts i think they're one of the best if not the best as far as penalties per game the other thing that the stat that we were talking about and this is one stat that i do think there's a lot of merit in is it's the yards per attempt and now if you go back and you look at that, I remember talking to a defensive coordinator when I was young in the NFL, and uh, Gunther Cunningham told me he would get on the bus and he would say, I always go look at that stat first because that stat is so telling what we did on defense and what we gave the offense. So yards per attempt, I think, is something from an efficiency standpoint, whether you're getting the chunk plays, how much you actually have to throw it, all of those things, and we can manipulate stats to make us feel good or make us feel bad, to justify right, wrong, indifferent, any of those things. But yards per attempt was one that I always kind of peaked at after a game on if we gave up a lot of points or if we scored a lot of points and said, okay, that leads us to believe we had success. Of course, the only stat that matters right now for the Cardinals is a three-game losing streak. Kyler Murray on where this team is at here late December. All you got to do is get in. You know, that's all you got to do. But at the end of the day, you don't want, you know, we don't, we don't want to get in playing the way we're playing. You know, it's, we want to go in playing, feeling good about ourselves and what we're doing. The, the thing about it is it's fixable. You know, we just got to look ourselves in the mirror and stop making these, these mistakes. Um, you know, right now we're not, we're, not, we're not doing what we need to do. It may not matter how you get in, but it definitely matters how you're playing going into the postseason. Teams do not struggle, do not limp into the postseason and win Super Bowls. That's just not what happens historically. Cardinals, though, as we mentioned, are getting Rodney Hudson back. He's been activated off the reserve COVID-19 list. How big is that? Here's the head coach. Rodney's been huge for us. When you look at the games that he's played in, we, we played really uh, well offensively and, and he's the security blanket for all of us really the coaching staff and the O-line the skill position players I mean he, he's kind of the glue that's made it all stick together uh, so it's a big deal to get him back and we'll, we'll ease him back in the next few days try and get his conditioning going make sure he feels uh, up to speed and hopefully by game day he's ready to roll. Hudson has missed five games this season, the last two on the reserve COVID-19 list the Cardinals record two and three same record when the Five games that DeAndre Hopkins has missed, but I think Hudson's is a bigger loss than DeAndre Hopkins is. Odd as that sounds, at least for me personally. No, I wouldn't disagree. Just because we know that Kyler's been getting pressure, they haven't been able to run the football. He helps them out with the calls. I mean, to me, he's he is a security blanket, and he's he's been a great addition. 
and even even when we don't get a chance to hear what he says on the sidelines. Um, but but really, I I don't disagree. Even though you know we, we know Hop was one of the top three or four receivers in football, but this they need him right now, and hopefully get Andy Lee back. We don't know his status because that holding, I mean that was a big issue in that game. And I I, I feel for Matt Prater. He, he told us even though they won in Seattle, that was his worst game. And they kept showing him on the sidelines, and it was just like it was, it's got to be frustrating knowing that we this guy can make those kicks in his sleep. So, uh, but but I will say this: it's just it's just to a point where this team needs to get off to a good start. And the problem is when you're throwing the ball forty or forty three times, you're trailing, and all of a sudden the play actions you can't run the ball. So it's important to get off, even if it's three points or seven points. You know, they can't be trailing after their first quarter down 10 nothing, 17 nothing in Detroit. Getting off to a good start, I think, would alleviate some of this pressure, and the defense can come in and play complimentary football. Stay on schedule, and that goes to what the offense wants to do as far as not playing from behind the sticks and then also playing with the lead opens up everything and it makes the allows the defense to be a little bit more aggressive as well. The Day Pash Podcast, episode 22, featuring legendary Suns announcer Al McCoy, premieres Wednesday. To catch up on past episodes, follow the Day Pash Podcast via your preferred podcast provider and get the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Cardinals showing blitz off the edge. Here comes Buda racing and trying to corral Carson Wentz from behind. He tracks him and bags him. Hawk ties him from behind. Down goes Wentz. And the Cardinals hold on third down. Boy, how about that? Vance Joseph flashing a little cover zero. Zero. Bring everybody. Huns over the wall. Tyler is looking left. Pats it. Throws it towards the far sideline. And there's the touchdown. Antoine Wesley, the big target on the far sideline. And that pass was right on the money. Kyler drops it in the bucket for six. Oh, that is big time right there by Kyler Murray. The only time the Cardinals took a lead on Christmas night, the Antoine Wesley touchdown catch made it 13-12. to Complimentary football. We heard Buda Baker with the sack on third down get the Colts off the field. Kyler Murray and company come on the field and a quick three-play 42-yard drive to make it 13-12. to Buda Baker, one of the few bright spots in that game on Saturday, a game high, 12 tackles, one sack, 12, excuse me, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits, and a pass defense. He wears that C on his chest for a reason. Here is the Buda Baker after the game. You know, I definitely felt like it was it was a hard-fought game. I definitely felt like the defense, uh, you know, we made our plays here and there. Of course, the self-inflicted wounds, the penalties, uh, the roughing the passers, the PIs, the, you know, the, you know, the false starts early in the game. So, you know, um, I kind of forgot your question, but you know, I'm kind of, kind of, kind of angry. Mild-mannered Buda Baker, unless he's between <laughs> the lines, and then the I'm kind of angry. Yet he's soft-spoken and he was very stoic up there. But you could tell it. It's bothering him, but he's trying not to show it outwardly, trying to be that leader to where everyone looks to him for strength, and yet he's he's just as frustrated as everyone else. Oh, it's tremendous, though. I mean, you, you can hear the passion in his voice. You you can hear it, and he's processing. He's he's trying to identify the things, and he's searching for answers. And sometimes you can do all the things right, and it just doesn't go your way. And he's been doing those things right. I mean, they've only forced, what, one turnover in the last three games? 
Is that where we're at? Like this is a turnovers comes in bunch come in bunches, and they have not been coming very regularly. But it's not for lack of effort last week, and I think. Buddha is a tremendous safety. He's a pro bowler for a reason. He does all of these things, and eventually, the, hopefully, they get this, the scales to tip back in their favor. And Buddha is doing all those things. He's saying those things, and all of those things are correctable, right? It, it's technique. It's it's one of those things where it's just being a little bit smarter and more disciplined of, of doing these things so when you do get a fumble or a recovery or you don't have an illegal contact that takes it away or all of those things of a late hit on a quarterback when Chandler, I mean Chandler could have pulled up on that. <laughs> Frustration yes. on, on the part of Chandler Jones on that one. As a team captain as a leader Buda Baker post game asked if it's up to him to maybe start in the words of the question barking at guys we're still family there's been times where guys are barking and you know that's that's just not the way to go we definitely got to understand the things that guys are messing up on and if you continue to mess up on the same thing the same person of course you're going to get barked at but you know we preach we're a family we got to stick together and uh if we can stick together we we know that the good things are going to happen need to be held accountable and i think players are in that locker room but it doesn't mean you have to go up and yell in someone's face yeah i mean like you said and and there's a lot of things we don't see behind the scenes i mean it, i mean football is a very passionate and emotional game and i couldn't imagine what it's like to be in that locker room knowing that you, you didn't have a chance to clinch uh, that game against the um against the Colts but I'll say this though at least he didn't just talk about the penalties on defense to me he's a captain and I think he's the face of the defense but he also talked about the false starts and so as a captain he's able to do that um, but I do like what he's saying and, and and honestly I've been impressed with Kyler after games I mean he he knows that this team you know like Drew said earlier you go on a three-game losing streak people are going to start questioning things whether that's right or wrong, and, and it really comes down to execution. And this team, you know, uh, again, uh, you know, I, I've been hard on Kyler. Just, just I want to see more from him. But in that first half, he was dropping dimes. He was 11 for 15 and for 79 yards. If Christian Kirk catches that ball, and then in the second half, he got a little bit away from it just because they were trailing and he's trying to make plays. But he, I, li- I like the way he started that game. He, he was very efficient throwing the football. Unfortunately, it didn't last for four quarters. Well, even on that first possession of the second half, the touchdown toss to Antoine Wesley, it looked like he was throwing the football to DeAndre Hopkins, just placed it perfectly, and Wesley Perfect. made a great catch. Yet at the end of the day, Cardinals lose 22-16, to three straight losses. So what is missing from right now from earlier in the year? Here's Chase Edmonds. What we were doing on our win streak, we were playing very well complimentary football. You know, if a defense would get a turnover, we usually turn it into points or offense gets a uh, score seven, defense gets a three and out. Right now, we're not playing complimentary football right now. So that's one thing that we got to work on. Uh, That solves a lot of problems. You brought it up earlier in the show, Drew, as far as the offense piggybacking off the defense and vice versa. And right now, it just seems out of sync as far as what's going on with everyone trying to figure out what they can do to get this team back in the win call. Yeah, and you see guys starting to press. Like you said, you, you start to feel like it's slipping away and you're trying to hold on to it for dear life. And Kyler said it in the press conference, right? Reading between the lines of what he said, we want to be playing good football going into the playoffs. It's all fixable, i.e., they're not playing good football right now. He knows it, so they're grabbing at straws, and sometimes it's a matter of just dialing in a little bit more and continuing to just say, hey, we know it's going to happen. Stick to the plan.
Maybe it happens. Hopefully it happens this week in Dallas against a very, very good Dallas Cowboys team. We'll touch on that matchup coming up as we continue here. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Reports yearly, all year round, every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. and 10 on the Cardinal 20. Snap to Murray. Drops back the throw. Looking deep. Airing it out. Middle of the field. He's got Kirk. It's caught at the 40. Kirk at the 30. The 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. An 80-yard strike. Kyler Murray to Christian Kirk. Two touchdowns for Kirk now in the game. Oh, baby. That was huge right there. Kyler Murray saw Christian Kirk and he just ran the go route. What a great throw. Kyler Murray laid it out there, and Christian Kirk went and got it. Last season, Cardinals had little trouble with the Cowboys at AT AT&T Stadium, but that was last season. Christian Kirk with the 80-yard catch and run this season. A different story. The Dallas Cowboys 11-4. Four straight wins in the talk postgame on Sunday night was, yeah, the slump is over, although Dak Prescott took a little bit of an exception to those questions from the media. But we've seen the Cowboys, Buccaneers, Chargers, every team goes through these lulls, if you will. Here's Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. As far as, you know, having a tough stretch, I mean, everybody in the league goes through it at some point. Unfortunately, we're doing it right now. But when you look at, you know, the Chiefs, losing, they were three and four, and the Rams lost three in a row. I mean, a lot of the top teams have dealt with it. We just got to find a way to, to fight our way out of it and continue to improve and try to build some momentum as we, we wrap up this season. You just don't want these lulls in the month of December, Drew. So it does matter when these lulls happen because in September it's early. You got plenty of time. Now it's hey, you got two games and this season could end quickly. Yeah, you got to nip it in the butt and you got to find out why. Identify those problems and and I think those things are correctable. Now I will say this: I think in that game, right? If you you see just by stats and you take out all of the other things and you get a sense of what Kyler played good enough to win the game. He didn't lose the game where, you know, that might have been said where with turnovers or anything like that, he was smart with the football. You can build from that. That's not what people want to hear. That's not, you know, going to make you feel better about losing. But he's a lot closer to playing winning football in that game than he did versus those red zone turnovers that he had against the Rams. But, you know, there's something to be said. You look at everything um, from the outside looking in, from from a bird's eye view, he's going back home to Texas. He played really well there last year. Jared Goff played really well against, you know, guys just feel comfortable in different settings in certain situations. Jared Goff feels very comfortable going against the Cardinals defense. He's going to put on a show. I've just got a feeling. And I thought he played a, a good game. Like you said, that first half he played well, but you start to press when guys don't catch the football. You don't, you know, you miss these opportunities and you start trying to force them where you just got to be patient. And that comes through getting a good running game going, getting everything established. But I think Kyler's going to be just fine and he's going up. This can't be one of the things. And that's if I was Colt, I would be telling him on going into the week, we don't have to get into a shootout. We've just got to take care of ourselves, make our possessions count. We don't have to sit there and worry about the scoreboard. Don't look at the scoreboard. Don't worry about trying to be the best quarterback on the field. Be the best version of yourself, Kyler, on what we need to do to win a football game because Dak Prescott and that offense right now, they're rolling. 
Well, I think their defense is better than our offense. I mean, I, I mean, th- these guys are huge, and obviously <laughs> Diggs. I mean, I, I haven't seen a front four like that. I mean, they're huge across the board, and they're making plays and out of the offense. I mean, they 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 have scored over a hundred points in every single quarter. Yeah, no, I mean, and the Cardinals, you, yeah. the Cardinals have ninety six and eighty three in the first and fourth quarter. Dallas one twenty, one nineteen, one hundred three, one hundred nine. And, and now Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper comes out and says, I'm not getting the ball, and he gets the ball. The, the uh, Schwartz, Schultz, he's got six touchdowns. I mean, this Dan Quinn has done a great job with that defense, and, and Cardinals better bring their hard, hard hat, and I'm encouraged when you get Rodney Hudson back. But this Cowboys team, they're, they're peaking at the right time. Scored on offense, defense, and special teams, and Dak Prescott became the first quarterback in NFL history to throw a touchdown pass to a running back, wide receiver, tight end, and offensive lineman. Yeah, we had a lot of those this week, right, with the <laughs> offensive lineman catching the ball. You, it's hard to score in the red zone. you got to find ways to, to be creative, but to your point, Dan Quinn is the leader of this defense, right? They've set up this Seattle type of defense where they expect to get pressure with their front four, and they're doing it, and their linebackers are fast. I mean, Micah Parsons, he's making this game look really easy for a rookie right now because he doesn't look like a rookie, and, and they've got big play capability at every single level, like I was talking about last week on the show, right? Like the D-wash type of plays that we were used to seeing here, where all of a sudden he would change the onset of the game because of it. Micah Parsons making those plays, Trayvon Diggs making those plays, Rashard, you know, the, the list goes on and on. Well, I think I think Diggs is making those plays because of the pressure. I mean, the Cardinals didn't Micah Parsons now you need to take out the equation four three three four. He's perfect what they're doing. But he's rushing the passer though. Yeah. I mean it's, it, this guy and, and I know they're gonna compare him to L T and let, we'll slow down there, but the fact that they're getting a pass rush, that's leading to their secondary. I mean, the Cowboys have scored fifty four touchdowns this year. 54. The Cardinals have 47, but they, uh, when it comes to their defense, I mean, they're ter- they're forcing a ton of turnovers. You talk about complimentary football. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup, but it's a road game. We know besides the Lions game, the Cardinals feel like it's a business trip. Um, but you know, receiving, they got 32 touchdowns and only have 13 rushing touchdowns. But again, they're doing it different ways. Well, number one in takeaways. The 33 takeaways, and 14 of which have come during this four-game winning streak. The matchup, 225 on Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins. Cardinals looking to snap a three-game losing streak, get that 11th win of the season. They know they're in the postseason. Now they just need to be playing like a playoff team, and we'll talk about it in one week's time here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Drew Stanton, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. Cardinals, Cowboys in Week 17. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.